0: And now, here is Doreen.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Doreen Downing. I'm a psychologist, and I have lots of curiosity. I invite people here that I want to talk to about their lives and what they encountered when it came to finding their voice. Some of them feel like they've had some kind of trauma in the past, and that holds them back until they find the power. (laughs) Or uh, sometimes people have no trouble speaking up in public, but maybe they got trapped in a corporate setting where they had to actually speak corporate and it really wasn't true to who they are. So, we have lots and lots of stories. This is my 84th session today, and I am really happy to celebrate with my friend, Michael Aline. And I would like to say hello to you first before i read your bio.
2: Oh, hello. Thank you for
1: having me. Ooh, i love your voice. It is so re- people talk about my voice, but i just went wow. <laughs> I, I hear resonance, you know. Ooh, you know when the when the voice reaches your body and you feel like ooh. Yes. I, yes. Thank you. The- it's the difference between a a a dynamic speaker and a magnetic speaker and i've i've seen your your videos your your ted talks and other other youtube videos of you speaking and you are so natural so authentic oh Oh, thank you
2: so that's the good and the bad i mean uh uh-huh i have always been authentic and that that's not always good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, it's
1: it's uh, true to you. And that's what I love. Yeah. So let me you you sent me a little something here. So Michael Elaine, Christini, Risley. Is it Risley or Risley? Risley. Risley, Risley is an American writer director, and human rights activist. She ran for the Americans' first nomination for president of the United States in 2012 and has currently created a new primetime live action series based on her activism called Warriors of the Light. Well, we could talk about that, but first let me again just say how pleased you found time to I'm so touched that you found oh. time to be with me today.
2: Oh, thank you. Well, again, an honor to be here. I'm grateful. Yeah, my listeners are too.
1: So uh, I guess partly I want to say that how I became introduced to you is through a group of women that we are all professionals and have accomplished much in our lives. And we we get together and it's called a mastermind and we share The truth about what it's like to be who we are, and we also support each other. And you talked in one of our groups about your work, your activism in Africa and had a video, I think in uh, 2010, 2011. And it was about girls in Africa that were raped because they were seen as medicine for people, men who had AIDS. So I watched that video and I think it was called Tapestries of the Hope. Yeah tapestries of hope. And that's where, you know, speaking of voice and finding your voice and then going out into various arenas and, you know, speaking up about that, that, you know, what kind of um, courage and what kind of strength that takes. So I just wanted to say to my listeners, that's how I got introduced to Michael Ling and follow, have been following her and um, Hello. <laughs> Hi.
2: <laughs> Thank you for those kind words.
1: Yeah. So, when we talk about you and maybe just I always like to get a little head start about, well, where did you grow up and what was just kind of a few details about family situation yeah, earlier Sure. On. I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up uh in
2: Michigan. Uh fifth of six children. We had three boys and three girls. Uh Italian Catholic uh First generation on uh, my mother's side. And my father was born here. So we had lots of old Italian history,
3: mm.
2: um, which I think, I think, you know, I think when it comes to finding your voice, particularly as a female in an Italian Catholic family, um, challenging. Because mm. in the bones, I th- think culturally there is... This belief that the males are everything. Mm-hmm. so it's something I, I think that's probably part of as a child, why well, I got so resistant to being less than because of being feminine.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: you know, and I, and I think there's also there is a cultural belief that you know the boys went out and you just wanted to marry off your daughters, like okay, just get it so somebody else has to take care of them. Mm-hmm. you know, and it's just uh, mm-hmm. i I rebelled against that from the day I was born.
1: Well that means you came into this world with a certain kind of spirit <laughs> that uh, is still alive today which is wonderful to hear and being rebellious though sometimes creates oh what the counter in a family so did you yes. get some kind of like restrictions or some kind of in conflict a lot yeah so you know we had sexual
2: abuse in our family and there were certainly other issues but i think um you know and I loved my family. We had lots of incredible times. Um, But I remember one particular incident where my father, we were all sitting around the table. And of course, food was such a big part of our love language. Mm. And um, I remember sitting at the table, my dad was telling one of his funny stories again, and how he had his, uh, his, he came from a family of nine and his mother didn't have a washer and she didn't speak English and he stole one from school. Like he'd tell all these hilarious stories. Right. And he said uh, something about how he had run away from home a number of times by the time he was nine. And I remember everyone laughing like they always do. Cause you hear the same stories over and over again. And I remember sitting at the opposite end of the table from my dad. And I said, dad, was your home life that bad? Ooh, and it was like everyone's like, God, where did Michaeline come from? Like, <laughs> who is she? Why does she ask these stupid questions? You know, but it it just fascinated me, and I, it, it was, um, yeah, I, I brought things up probably no one wanted to hear about.
1: Yeah, well that that seems to be your uh, purpose in life, my dear. Yeah, and it, and it does take a voice.
2: You know, it's funny. Um, I think we we find our voice and we lose them and gain them again, depending on the situation or the trauma or whatever it is, right? Yeah. But I remember as a little kid, um, I literally remember the day I lost my voice, and we were up at our cottage, and my my dad had run over a blue racer. It was a type of snake, and it was dead. And he came running down and my brother grabbed it from him and they threw it on the clothesline, you know, this dead snake and everyone starts screaming and running around. And I remember this little voice in my head said, I'm, I'm leaving you. I'm going away. And at first, I mean, I was, I was a kid. I was like, what the heck? What's that voice? Am I going crazy? What? And I think it, it was a part of me saying, I, I couldn't be here right now. And you're going to have to find your way back to me. And it took me. A long time to find my way back to my voice.
1: Oh, Hmm. so are you saying that was uh, because of the you you didn't really fit and you wanted to fit, or there was the abuse, or
2: what was? I think it was a combination of things. I think it was a combination of if I wanted to survive in the environment I was in, Uh um, I would not be able to being truly authentic.
1: Okay, so that, that story you just told is, is one of creating, what, more fear, more um, uh, just being kind of dangerous. I mean, even though it was a dead snake, it feels like it was meant to scare people.
2: Right. But it's possible. I mean, a definitely very masculine perspective, right? Yes. Brother and my dad and a snake and, you know. Yeah. But I, I literally remember... Myself saying this voice saying, I'm leaving you now, I'm going away. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, you know, it kind of like I swallowed it. <gasps> Ooh.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, there's and- something about what you just said too, about the listening. You heard something inside of you. So there was a voice inside of you. Yes. And you listened to that. And it was obviously something about protection. So to me, it feels like a wise voice in there.
2: Absolutely. Well, that voice has saved me a lot. And I'm not talking, you know, I'm talking in dangerous situations. That voice has saved me a lot.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: when I, you know, even, you know, even when I was thrown in prison in Zimbabwe, um, for my film, Tapestries of Hope, um, it was that voice, that instinct. It was like, you know, we had gotten thrown into a prison and that you know that I guess I'd call it that instinct that 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 mechanism that you know you have to listen to, and um, for example, my assistant when we started uh, when we got arrested, um, she had actually um, gone into shock and she started to shake, mm-hmm. and I had the decision to make with a there was one of the guys so there was the central intelligence organization and the police force, and one of the guys in the police force had never seen her blue eyes before. He'd never experienced a human with blue eyes.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And so I thought, okay, I could get him to take her outside and get into the sun, but I also run the risk of, is he going to rape her? I have no control. Mm -hmm. And so um, it literally, um, I had to pay very close attention to that voice to stay alive Mm -hmm. and to keep my assistant safe. Mm -hmm. And yet the funny thing, too, is like the same people who would certainly put our life at risk, you know, in a quiet moment, if I was with one of them by myself, they would hand me their phone number and their name and say, please help me get out of here. Mm -hmm. And so their desperation, these would be the very same people who would put me at risk for death were handing me a piece of paper to say, please, if you get out of here, save me.
1: Mm -hmm. So that uh, that listening I just picked up on. Inside of you, somebody else has felt that. That they would then say, "Listen, help." Yes. Right. Oh. Yes. Oh, well, you're giving me little chills here today. Already, <laughs> just you know, knowing, knowing uh, you and how you've faced adversity and difficult situations, and this whole idea about a voice inside that speaks to you, speaks to us. And um, it's about it's about a guidance, I guess, you know, and and what you said is sometimes you speak up and sometimes you don't. No, no. Well, and I've had
2: situations where when I knew I would speak up, I would be in danger and I sometimes didn't have a choice. I'll give you an example. I live in Silicon Valley and um, many people believe that human trafficking is, oh, it's in that country over there. Mm -hmm. You know, rape abuse and human trafficking. Well, we are the largest user of human trafficking in the world, the United States and places like Silicon Valley are the epicenters of some of the human trafficking issues.
1: Oh, my goodness. There you go. Pointing to (laughs) situations, right? That's great. Thank you. Thank you, Michaeline. Wow. That's that must be the new what your your um, documentary or your new film is about. No, I I actually. Oh, you mean the the oh the series? Yes. Uh huh.
2: And I did. You know what? I hate to do this. My dog is scratching at the door, and he's going to scratch for the next five minutes. Do you mind if I just go
1: let him in? Let's let's include him.
3: Oh really? Okay, (laughs) hold on. (laughs) Jax. Oh my my gosh! Come on, Jax! Come on! Come here!
2: Oh, he's not coming in. He's
1: like, no, you let me in. A little shy. Did you say his name was Jazz? J-A-Z-Z? J-A-X-X. X. Okay. X-X. Yeah. My, my cat was Jazz. J-A-Z-Z. Okay. So anyway, but let me just wind back a little bit because you're talking about, we're talking about the inner voice and sometimes you speak up and sometimes you don't. And then you started talking about human trafficking. My goodness. Something that you're right, that even... Most of us think is somewhere else. And yet, here it's. Uh, Super Bowl is the h-
2: largest human trafficked event in the United States, probably globally.
3: Yeah. Mm.
2: Mm. And so, I was going to tell you a quick story about using my voice. So, I, I was at um, in Palo Alto, which is a couple of towns over. Um, I was trying to find a vitamin store at Town and Country Village, a little, little strip mall. And I went in and I was kind of. I had my GPS on my phone and I couldn't figure out where the store was. And this young girl suddenly appeared in front of me. She was beautiful, probably 14, dark hair, And she had this blue tattoo on her face and her hands almost like a burn, right? And she spoke to me in a very high voice. It was like, hello. And I thought the first thing that went through my mind is, oh my God, this person's disconnected from their body. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I look again, I go, oh my God. So this is all going through my brain in very quick. I'm like, oh my God, she is traffic. The markings on her body are the tattoos from her gang. That is, they keep track of her.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I went, again, being human, I go, oh my God, I just wanted to get some vitamins. <laughs> I just wanted to get some vitamins, right? And then I said, Oh, she's traffic. Michaeline, you can't leave her. Oh, So we sat down in front of Trader Joe's. I had her sit next to me and we started talking. And she started, you know, so I, I don't know if it'll bore you with the whole story. But basically, um, the voice, I had two voices. One was saying to me, "Michaeline, go get your vitamins and go home. Okay. And the other one was, I can't leave her there because she's traffic and she needs some help. And so I literally had this incredible conversation with her. Where at one point she was crying because the Palo Alto police had come over and had gotten a call from Trader Joe's and wanted to know if she was high. Like they were so poorly trained that all they wanted to know she was doing drugs in front of Trader Joe's. Uh-huh. And I said to her, I said, I want you to know that I, I do a lot of this work for a living and I can help you. Mm. I said, can you tell me if you are trafficked? And in that very high voice, she said, I don't know you well enough to tell you that. And then she proceeded to start crying. And it was, it's like, I think the point of it is you can have a voice and you can try to help, but at some point you have to stop. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. So I I tried to help her get to her right organization. I went to the next town over, the police station. I said, you guys are missing it. She's not high. She's trafficked. You need to go help her. In the past, I probably would have brought her home mm-hmm. and then gotten in trouble with some human traffickers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I've learned. So I, I guess I, I try to moderate my boys, if that mm-hmm. makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. But just the story you just told about listening in the moment to what was needed to happen, at least you listened and you took a step, is what I'm getting. And you could have, it's a choice. And each situation that you're coming into, Michaeline, feels like, especially with what you're talking about, and I'm putting, I don't need to put air quotes, but I happen to be danger, (laughs) that um, that's part of what we, as people who have some activist spirit, (laughs) Need to also um, moderate ourselves, you know, as we're moving, you know what is what is the best uh, individually, but what's the ve- best for the cause and what's the best for ourselves?
2: <laughs> yes. Well, and I think that's part of why I shifted to writing a TV series as opposed to doing documentaries or films anymore, um, because I felt how could I the question I asked myself is how can I use my voice and my knowledge? to impact the largest group of people. Mm. And if we look at human trafficking or rape or climate or privacy, all of these issues are truly solvable, every single one of them. Mm. And so I thought the only way to do that is to write a show where we can show how, how easily they're solved.
1: You know, what you just said there, too, to me is a powerful message. You know, what you just said. Hey, folks, it's solvable. It's solvable. It is, and I have some experience and I could show you how. Yes. And it's not necessarily being out in the front lines rescuing and you know fighting with uh, the, the that which is danger, but I can find other ways. How creative. Wow, thank you for all of your experience and your uh, willingness to point to what so many people, ignore or don't even know about. So thank you. Well, I don't, I don't know that I had a choice anymore
2: because I think it was, I'd been close to death too many times. And I think, and this last bout when I, uh, I had uh, been picked up in a lit vehicle by a human trafficking group, um, I went into PTSD and a couple other things. And um, I was at a crossroads and I said, you know, I want to be here for my family and. I can't, you know, if, when you think about the problem, it's just this problem alone. There is more money made per year in human trafficking than there are human beings on the planet. So, boy,
1: little am me going to fight that?
2: No, not anymore.
1: But uh, we could use different word, I mean, a different connotation of fight, right? Yeah. Yes. Educate. Yeah. Educate. Yes. Use your yeah. voice to educate. And, you know, the thing is, it's a funny
2: thing. Um, the traffickers, if you sat down with a trafficker and a traffic victim, you're not going to see much difference in how they were raised or how they. So I say this coming from abuse. So trust me, I say this very gently, but. Uh, there is sympathy and empathy for the trafficker, too, because it's also a trap, mm-hmm. and so we have to figure out a way How do we find work, meaningful work and and ways for people to take care of their families that don't sell other human beings doing it? But if you didn't have someone purchasing, they wouldn't be a business.
1: uh-huh you're right. It is a business mm-hmm. yeah, big business, apparently. Well, already so much that you've shared today, not only about voice, but about educating us about something that at least most people so far on my podcast have not heard. So, this is fabulous that you get some airtime for your voice. And uh, <laughs> before we finish, I just want to, I always like to open up to see what might want to be, you know, if you're listening to yourself now, Michaeline, what, what, do you feel, based on whatever this moment is for you, that you would like to say? What words come through? Oh, I think I think
2: uh, gratitude comes through very loud. Grateful gratitude. I'm so grateful to be here. Mm-hmm. Be still alive. And um, with the ability and the knowledge to impact in a much safer way.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yeah, um, the learning that you've had it, from experience in life it has led to a, a choice that you've made to not sacrifice yourself uh, for what you believe, but to use in a more creative way uh, and live live both your values um, as well as um, what you're committed to in uh, so voice just feels like that's, that's what you're saying is your voice is valuable to you. It comes from experience and you can make choices and that's what you're doing. And I love gratitude. I love the, fee- you, you, to me, you're <laughs> actually, you, you epitomize gratitude <laughs> because you're so there, you're so relaxed and you, you um, help me see what people see in me when they say how calm I am. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, you are so calm
1: yeah You're being so grounded and centered and I. Well, both that. of us <laughs> it's just like hi sister <laughs> i know and
2: by the way i can't believe it's already over that was so quick like no <laughs> it can't be over already <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh i i You're not too far away from where I live in Larkspur. So and I I did grow up down in Palo Alto. So I I do know the area very well. I know town and country village. So I feel like we we will. (laughs) I just really look forward to more time with you down the line here. Thank you so much.
2: I look forward to it too. Thank you.
0: Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person during interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and will return next time. Until then, goodbye for now.